they think no, about it. No, that's way more interesting. I just realized that we can complete our entire conversation in two minutes. What? Stealing content is bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fact. Okay, open, you can open the show with that. This week's topic, stealing content's bad. Moving on. Agreed or disagree? <laughs> And welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja, and with me today is Chase Musil and Ian Fuchs. So, panel, stealing content, bad. Discuss? Agreed. <laughs> Seems bad. Agreed. Wrapped. Don't you steal can find the show, show this week's episode. <laughs> so we were, ta- we, were, we were deciding that um, we thought we were going to talk about content rights and how people utilize content on the internet, but there wasn't any... We're, we're bad debaters, and so nobody could argue the the counterpoint. <laughs> I'll argue the counterpoint. Stealing content is good. I will actually argue this point. Okay, stealing content. Uh, sure. Uh, wait, are you actually going to argue that point? Yeah, let me argue this point. Let okay. me see if I can. So, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into any of this, real high level, we're talking here about like the content you see on social media, whether it's um, you know video new clips, story, images, a picture from a new story, whatever it is, that then gets altered, changed, cut down, or reshared in some manner that doesn't credit the original source. Yeah. And and ultimately then, like, say, some cooking website gets a bunch of traffic because the thing they shared, even though they ripped it from somebody's YouTube channel and the person who did the YouTube thing loses out on I possible feel- compensation, credit, etc. Okay, say what you want to say, and then maybe there's more well, here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I can actually argue that like non-credit is good, but I can definitely argue that it should be freer than it is now. Sure. So, I, b- because things are so locked up, it makes it really hard to be able to to do the things like take and remix and slice up and make something new out of existing content. Um, like our music and industry and movie industry, right? Like, there's it's issues with copyright and DRM, and then also how things like Facebook go out of their way to make it really hard for you to like reuse video content and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, you guys can here try to have a question for you. Who is your top offender? Like, what area of the internet is the top offender of this? And I, I think I have my answer. All of it. I'll say no. That's not a good answer. E-bombs world. That's a worse answer. But thanks for the reference. <laughs> Uh, is, is this like a, a site or a specific no, no, like just channel like a, within the site? Yeah, like, like, do you think like Facebook or like social media and then of what section of social media is the worst offender? Or do you think like a particular website or like, like I, I would say that different ones exist or like Facebook has pretty specific uses of it. I would say that Twitter has some pretty bad offenders. I would say that Reddit has some pretty bad offenders, but they, sure. they do like self police. Right. Right. I know. So, so the the example for me is is consistently, um, I see a video that's shared on Facebook by some page that some person has then shared. Right, mm-hmm. shows up in my timeline. I look at the video, and it always seems to be like how to cook whatever fancy like easy snack. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's six steps. You do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and now you have a, a meal. Except that then you realize that. I've seen this before, but it wasn't in 40 seconds. It was a five-minute video oh, I yeah. saw on YouTube. Oh, and, yeah. and then you find that video on YouTube, and somebody took that five-minute video and literally just like cut little bits out of it 
and threw it together and posted it without totally. crediting the original yeah. source of the recipe or the source of the video content. And so they're just wholesale ripping off somebody else's content and repurposing it for their own personal right. gains. Yep. All right. Is that a bad thing if the person who's doing the stealing isn't making any money off of that? The, the issue comes in that very often they're going to get people to like their page, click on the link, whatever, which then takes them, takes you to a website and then they're, they're monetizing their site. So they're using their content as a a tool to pull you in, to go take action on their site. It's like stealing marketing agencies work from other, from other companies Mm, or something like, or like when Firewatch, their art got plastered all over the place. Absolutely. Hmm. So, is it a problem when it's diluting your brand? No. It, what I'm talking about is that it seems like stealing something but not making money off of it, or taking something and claiming it as your own but not make not getting any real benefit out of it directly to you, mm-hmm. seems like a bad thing. But I can't put my finger on who is harmed and why. So I have. I'll give my example, and there's answers to those questions. So my example of where I think the worst offenders of this happens, it's YouTube first of all, and it's frequently movies or more often music. So people will upload music with lyrics, right? And those types of results get tons of clicks. And there's, and like, even if you, like Google promotes those, I mean, do they promote that? Okay. In so far as like, if you Google that, a song, mm-hmm. it will always find a video with lyrics and it'll put it preferentially in the results above ones without it. Okay, I don't Even know if that's it's not the right song. I don't know if that's is that true or is that just that is it, that just a artifact of that song having more like watches? It's it's that it's, 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 it's Google, it. Google, Google's digging into the YouTube mm. algorithm saying this video has a lot of views. Yeah, that's okay. because the video has a lot of views because and it's more views than one that doesn't have the lyrics or whatever. So it's easier to so yeah, this is just my high level example mm. because it's okay. easy to upload a, like a song with like they and lots of times people put like a photo collage of like that artist up or something Ugh, or a movie, yeah. right? But it's harder by like 10 minutes to actually type up the lyrics and put them in overlay using Windows Movie Maker or iMovie or whatever, right? Like the most basic video editing. And they put it up there. Um, and then that that video gets a lot of watches with lyrics. I, that's just an example I've seen over and over. And who's harmed is the artist because although they like you know who the artist is, there's no redirect. There's no monetization for the artist in that way. Right. And, and on author. top of that, the, the artist isn't it, – it, a lot of times these videos have monetization before, after, or during them. Correct. So now the person who uploaded this is gaining somebody else that, is, is making money. But that's money. gaining from – I'm saying if you don't gain like that, you're right. The artist is harmed in that case. But I would say that it's a huge win for the user, for the consumer, right? But to no, be able to access it in a format that they find more convenient than however the artist chose to release it. Sure, but, but that, that's, that's arguing that – that's arguing that Napster's good for consumers because it Agreed. gave them access to music Agreed. and totally rips off the artist. Yeah, even, I mean, that's even a, though that's Napster wasn't directly making money, right? At so least not initially. Uh, the, I'm not saying that's a trade-off that's worth it, but I'm saying that that's a yeah, it's a trade argument to make. So the, and then the other the other item though um, is a lot of times these are not very professional productions that are being put up that mm-hmm. people are watching, and you could make the argument that they're diluting that artist brand because now the thing that i associate with ed sheeran's new song is some half-baked like shitty video to go with 96 kbps recording of it exactly yeah yep so you lose control of your of your content being it's content distribution right you're like using losing control that and obviously they know this goes on and there's there's something really interesting especially with youtube as as a, a network for this stuff is that they have some amazing behind the scenes 
algorithms and mm-hmm. content, whatever their content ID system is that will find images, audio, all kinds of stuff and actually pull it or, you know, make it unavailable. But so much of that um, stuff stays like so well, much. And, and so, so a lot of times what will happen is somebody will get, get it on YouTube and they'll monetize it for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube will come along and maybe the, the original content producer you know, especially with music, will say it's okay that people use my music. They just can't monetize my music. Mm-hmm. So for a day or two, it'll get monetized until YouTube finally hits it with content ID, mm-hmm. and then the monetization gets pulled off. But in those two days, if, especially if it's a new song or something that's very popular, say a million views. A new song or whatever, yeah. it might get a million views where they got a bunch of money for it. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter after that right. because for that, you know, day they made a bunch of money, and then. They don't have to worry about monetizing it, and they just go on to the next song and do the, repeat the same process. Right. And that seems unambiguously bad. Yeah, because that's that's straight up theft. Right. Yeah. Um, where do you draw the line, though? Like, what makes a GIF okay to share and not like a clip? Or if it is okay to share a clip, how long is too long? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there yeah, I are think, there's legal precedent for how much like song right. you can put, right? And like it's, it's like thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Yeah, I think right. Right, thirty seconds of a song. I think it's ten mm. or fifteen seconds of video that you don't own the rights to. Mm. Um, I, th- I think gifts is really where where there's no clear. I mean, they're so short in their duration anyway, right? Like, there's well, there's no real. Limit. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. No, I've definitely but, seen like entire YouTube videos put in the form of a GIF. Yeah, but like no. how how <laughs> it's a f- like 700 meg GIF. How many have you seen? Yeah, I mean, it's rough. Like, but I messaged that to me. <laughs> I mean, it's so it's different because it's the GIF V, right? Which is basically HTML5 video wrapped in something that pretends to be a GIF. Right. But I mean, it's still effective. I mean, it, well, even that is that still a GIF? Does it count towards the GIF thing? Like. I I, don't, I asked where's the line, fully expecting the answer is, well, it depends, because yeah. it's never cut and dry. I'm sure. I, I was thinking, sort of like, like that... I'm sorry. Oh, so it's sort of like that justice's definition of pornography. Like, I don't know what it is. I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, so, but that's, I guess that's the problem with having these automated systems, is that it they lack the same sort of judgment that a person has in order to be able to say, well, this is appropriate because of these mitigating factors. Yeah. Right. Um, if you if you want to like switch domains or whatever, another area where this comes into play a lot. I mean, this is just on the eye; it's highly visible to myself. But like, and depending on how much research you're doing, a lot of news articles are built off of scientists found blah right that monkeys are more likely to jump higher when there's a fire under them, right? <laughs> right? Like that sounds like a pretty bad yeah, study. Right. But, right, classic study, classic the classic fire monkey jump. Um, <laughs> And you know, I did that my first year psychology. <laughs> it's amazing how how uh, available monkeys are in, in pyrotechnics. Um, <laughs> so anyhow, um, that stuff though, like uh, lots of times, news articles are writing some type of like attention grabbing headline to go with a pretty succinct and often poorly written summary of the study, right? Do like monkeys like fire under them? Yeah, that's right. Like, study finds monkeys prefer fire jumps, right? Or whatever. Like, that's not exactly what was the, what the findings were. But so there's a couple issues. One is like misrepresentation of research. So that's a whole different issue, which I'm not going to go off on. But the second one is um, they're linking to articles that are behind a paywall. So most people can't actually access that content. And so um, a lot of times when you see these, and it's not like they're uncommon. People see these studies all the time. When you go to like, first of all, if they have the source itself, that's amazing. Most times they don't actually have the source cited. Like they'll cite who the paper was written by and what the title was or something maybe, but they never actually link to where you can get it. And so most people don't know right. where to find it. And if they do, it's often behind a paywall. So there's sure. a lot of issues. You get the with, abstract and nothing else. Yeah. 
There's a lot of issues. I think that's a different question, though. So, I mean, I'm firmly in the camp that publicly funded science should be publicly available. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'm, I'm just thinking about like the news station that like makes a clickbaity headline and misrepresents the findings to make money. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Like, of course, right. You get the page views yeah. even if the article is total garbage. Correct. And so that's mm-hmm. a, that's always a problem that's like high in my mind is like misrepresentation on top of misuse of this type of stuff. Sure. But that, I mean, it's a, it's not as big of a problem as I would say like the multi-million viewed YouTube videos that someone's making a chunk of change on. Right. So it so sounds to me like you're arguing that that uh, bad journalism is immoral and effectively theft. Uh, I would say that knowingly, like knowingly writing bad, knowingly, knowingly condoning bad journalism to make money sounds like theft mm-hmm. to me. It smells like theft, right? So or not theft, at least fraud. So where Some, where yeah, do you draw the line? Fraud. Where do you draw the line in this? Where let's say New York Times publishes a story. Yep. And then some other news site then picks up the story right. and, and basically summarizes, you know, 50% of what New York Times says and then has like, you know, a pull quote, according to New York Times, X thing, and like just blatantly monkeys, copies yeah, a paragraph, fire, right? right? New York Times says, monkeys don't like fire under their ass. Right. End quote. And then more summary of the article. And... So then you have that. So now is that level still in this like weird gray area of theft or at, at what point does it become theft? Obviously they cited New York times. They may have even linked to the article. Yeah. And then to take it, you know, another step or two steps or three steps further where this happens a lot, like especially in tech news and yeah. tech media stuff yes. yeah, where it's yeah. like somebody reports on a leak that gets then picked up by somebody else who's saying like, Gizmodo found according the leak. to let's this, not, according to this site, right. Gizmodo found a leak. So then, you know, BGR reports on the leak and then Mashable reports on BGR's report of the Gizmodo leak and then Engadget reports on the, the, the and so all of a sudden you're, you end up four, five, six layers deep where they're citing the source ahead of them. I wish it was but that nobody's clear. just citing yeah. back to the original. <laughs> and then, and then if, at some point somebody goes, according to a leak, yeah. period. I would and, say and your source sort of, is another, uh, if, another outlet's article, and it's not explicitly about that article. It's about the content of the article. That's unambiguously bad. Yep, I like, agree. That's just bad journalism. That and that falls under the uh, sorry, that falls under the purview of how you write, write academic papers too. Because a lot of times you'll read an article, like, like all the time, you read an article that they summarize a statement from a previous paper. Like according to according to Fuchs, right. twenty thirteen, monkeys don't like fire when they jump. Right, and then I read I read Andrew's article that summarizes that, and so then I take. The, I take your summary of Ian, like right. verbatim, and I put that into mine. So I skip the source content. If you don't read the source oh, content, yeah. you can't quote. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about, right? And yeah, especially when you—that's why writing lit reviews is so high pressure because you just know people are going to read that as a shortcut to having to read the entire article. Exactly. Well, yeah, or yeah. The, yeah, the domain, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so with uh, with journalism, especially like with the new, like, let's say you had like the New York Times, like they say or whoever, right? The Washington Post says that they have 13, you know, anonymous confirmations that this particular event happened, right? And then other people talk about the post, like they write about the post content and say they have, but they they're not the ones with the sources, right? They don't have the 13 right. anonymous. So, so they they can't say according to 13 sources. Right. They have to say to say you know according to 13 sources who reported to the post. Yes, exactly. And they yeah. So. We just wandered into the territory of journalistic ethics and stuff like that, which I am like super not qualified to comment yeah, on. Yeah, we should. Yeah, but it seems it seems to me that it, it, it's fine to apply that to journalism and 
even forms of social media, which while they're not journalism, they at least follow enough of the same protocol. Like they, they're sort of yeah. done in the same way that you should at least follow some of the same journalistic ethics. But it seems wrong to me to require like artists and remixers and that sort of thing to follow the same sort of journalistic rules that like uh, a journalist would. Yeah. Right. If you're like, if you're combining stuff, you're making a creative work. I don't think you'd have to follow the same standards of journalism. Right. So I, I think the argument there comes in at you're creating something like like if I'm writing a a, a news article, I am creating something. I am writing mm-hmm. with my brain and using my creative right. thinking to write something and tell and, doing- to, and to tell us whether to tell a story. I mean, really, when you think about journalism, it is in some manner it's telling a story. Now, how- but it's a little bit different than that because it's not just telling a story; it's correctly representing the thing you're reporting on. Those are probably two different things, actually. Then it's like how well, like, what are you doing? Are you performing due diligence? In the way that you were right, I, I, like, because think about think about the stories you you read sometimes where where you read one and it's like, wow, I can't even make it through this. You know, you know, two people went to the same interview and one of them their story is like almost unreadable, and the other one narrates through a thing and you can follow along and and you have a good impression of it. Both of them could have reported the exact same facts, but one of them told the story in a compelling manner. Mm-hmm. That person who did that created something. So how do you say, well, this person created? news or created a piece of news versus this person created a youtube video and one of them is okay to borrow content from somewhere else and the other one's not okay to borrow content from somewhere else and is it because the idea that you're borrowing content in a completely um subjective manner versus an attempt to be in an objective manner and that in reporting news you have to be more so I disagree with your characterization as, as reporting as creating news. I would argue the news is the thing that happened, and journalism is the act of communicating that to a wider range of people. Yeah. And it's providing with the context and tools they need to be able to understand but, why that news is important, but it's not news in and of itself. That's, that's not entirely true, though. We've, like, we've seen, like, we see this all the time. Like The news that someone is reporting something now becomes news. And it's... Right, I would say that's bad. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing, but that's a thing now, right? That's, I mean, it's always been okay, a thing, but yeah. I feel like it's really, it's really pertinent today, and when lots of different outlets are being ac- you know, accused of being various levels of, um, you know, legitimate, right? And so, like the news of the accusation, like there might be 30 allegations, you know, levied on a particular outlet, and then there's now a news, a new news item that like 30 different people had a problem with this one, with this one place. Okay, but that's that's different because that that is actual journalism. That's like doing a a review of papers, right? Or doing like a yeah. what's the one the the multi where you take a bunch of papers, you do an analysis on all of their data. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like that. That's a little bit different because that feels like reporting. So, like, but just like, like writing an article. So you're like that's the, saying like the New York Times posted a new article. Here's what it says. This is not. Oh, you so see, like the meta analysis is okay, but not not individual reporting. Okay, it doesn't matter. There's like way into the weeds of that though. Um, yeah, we're really thinking, like. The, the reason, the only reason I, I even go into that is because most journalists who would be the ones reporting on the news consider themselves a storyteller in some way. Yeah, that's fair. right. But, but I think and that's so, just that's a limitation of our inability to like un, to absorb straight facts. Like you have to have it couched in some sort of narrative in order for it to be digestible. Yeah, I think I think the person who makes a bad YouTube video versus the person who writes an eloquent long form essay are both creating content. One's just one that's going to be seen, and one's not. You know, more or less. One is more skillful than the other one. Yeah, that that too. I would also say yeah. that Ian, like a little bit with your, I like your your differentiation between like someone's objectively reporting versus somebody subjectively like telling you their feelings and thoughts or something. You're like talking about 
538 would be really happy with you because that's they like try to disambiguate themselves between pundancy and reporting like actual statistics. So something like right. that, like an outlet like that, would be like here are the actual numbers, and then they have their own analysis on top of it, which is like here's our expert right. review, right? Here's our opinion of people who are sort of embedded in this world, but here's the actual data. Make your own, come to your own conclusions. And there's obviously right. some bias so, and stuff that goes into the analysis itself, but and so so that, so that kind of thing, like if if I'm making. Look, use Andrew's example, I'm making a song Mm -hmm. and I'm sampling because it's Andrew's style of music. I'm sampling a bunch of other songs. I'm taking, we'll consider it bits of information from a bunch of places, but I'm not taking their thing. I don't think there's a problem with Mm -hmm. sampling bits of people's songs and using them in another song. Unless of course, you know, you're whoever it is that sued Tom Petty, the who sued whoever it was that he sued for using part of the song, whatever that whole thing was. Oh God! It uh, locked it heaven. Um, Bruno Mars. You, yes, uh, but yeah, but so, like, like that. Like there, I I could see arguing. You know, either side. Like you took content from somebody else, but you also completely made the content its own thing. What I'm my bigger concern is is somebody taking a YouTube video where, let's say, I go through and explain how to make cheese pasta. And then you take just the little segments where I put the ingredients in the bowl the cheese and the pasta and where I, right. And then I put the little thing that says like <laughs> fill bowl three quarters full with pasta right. and it says it on the screen and then add cheese yeah. and the thing on the screen and somebody cut all the parts with me out of it right. and they didn't actually have to do anything other than take my video and cut two little clips together, right. cross dissolve and upload it to Facebook. Right. That's where I have the problem with this whole like content theft thing. Yeah. So that's the same idea as like, I took the New York times article. I took two quotes. I put them on my website and I said, now come, right. come here and give me right. you know 50 cents a click or whatever for reading my article versus right. taking an article that I found on the internet using my own storytelling mm-hmm. and my own, you know, cognitive abilities yeah. and writing a story based on that information and then providing the facts. You know, th- there's the difference. Let's, let, so let's, let one me, second, one second. Let, let me, let's, let's, okay. let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. Wait, before, uh, before we take a break, let me tell you a quick, Oh my uh, God. Let's take uh, a, break. a philosophical parable. This is the perfect time for a break. <laughs> it's not because I have a question about that, that, that will leave our listeners pondering oh God, while we go that's away. That's not true. Cheese pots recipe in the show notes for this. Week, so. <laughs> Are you familiar with, um, the the paradox of the ship of Theseus. Yes. For those who are not, <laughs> is um, when you take so when a ship like runs aground, you rebuild, you patch the hole, you keep going, and as time goes on, you've replaced so many different parts of the ship that there are essentially none of the original parts remaining. Is that still the same ship? The, 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 the nicer way that I always do this analogy is if you I don't know if somebody else did I'm sure, but like you save Wrecked, every wow. old piece. And every time you replace it, you save the old piece. And by the time you replace every piece, you still have the original ship and now an entirely new ship next to each oh, other. Oh, that's... Which yeah, yeah, one sure, is okay. Theseus's ship, right? So I asked this question when it comes to remixing or taking something apart and making something new, right? If you copy everything that somebody does, is it the same thing as the original or is that an active creation in and of itself? Is there a context you can put it in where it makes something different? Like if you do that and then you say that this is a piece about... That makes the viewer question what it means to be creative or original in a world where 25 hours of video are uploaded every second to YouTube, right? Like, so where, when is the ship a different ship? And we'll talk about that and Kanye West right when we come back. Can we get? Let's pull really far back and describe: Is the act of copying anything at all an immoral act? And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, 
So, so you, you left us with a question. Did you want to give us the answer, Professor? No, it does not. That was a dumb question. <laughs> I really like that problem. I really like that problem, though. You think... if Wait, which question? The ship of Theseus or if copying everything is immoral? No, the ship of Theseus. Oh, yeah. So I don't... I mean, I don't really know. Because um, on the one hand, you are... So what I'm thinking about is if you see a YouTube video and then you copy it frame for frame, right? Mm-hmm. Like, presumably... As long as it's a it, that requires some effort on your part, and the video you're copying is a high enough production video, then it requires you to have similar, if not higher, production values, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so is that act of copying wrong? I, I don't know. I think maybe because I don't think effort required to do something is a good differentiator of whether or not it's good or not. Like cheap knockoffs, easy. More expensive knockoff doesn't necessarily make it any better than the cheap one. It just means that it's higher quality yeah, there's stuff that's easy. That's still a good idea, right? So. Right. But then at the same time, like, so there is the, what I think is one of the best web series on the internet called Everything is a Remix. And um, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but he breaks it down. The basic elements of creativity are copying, transforming, and combining. So you copy something, and that's oftentimes how you learn to do something, by copying what you see. Then there's the transformation where you take the thing that you've copied and you change it just a little bit. And then there's the combination where you take things that you have around you and combine them into something new. And so really, like, there's the myth of creativity as like this eureka moment where something comes to you fully formed or close to it and you put it together. When in fact, the reality is much more along the lines of taking things and combining them into something that's new but composed out of recognizable elements. Yeah. Um, and it, the, the, the line... The question of where do you draw the line between something new versus something that is simply like two things stuck together, I think is a really tricky one to try to parse. So you're talking about the idea of being being an actual artist versus being a a student within the Glee universe. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, because well, actually, so you, that's a perfect example. Like when you do an acapella version of something, is that? No, I would, oh, like, I was meant to, I meant it more like the Glee is like they do mashups all the time. Well, that's the same sort of thing. I. I mean, there's a lot of really great mashup stuff out yeah. there. Is that I'll, in the show notes? I'll post a few of my favorites. Is that a like? Are I? They are a big test case for copyright law, and I would argue that a mashup is something, at least a well done one, is something wholly new and original. It takes something that already exists and uses that as an instrument to create something new. I would argue that it depends on how you do the mashup, and I, I would argue that that acapella type covers of things is a hundred percent different because that is different. You're not taking the, you're, you're taking maybe the melody of the original thing, but you're completely recreating the entire performance. Yeah. All instrumentation, everything with your voice, just like I think a a band doing a cover of somebody else's song is far more acceptable than releasing because the difference would be, my band does a cover, records it, and puts it on an album versus my band just takes a song off of somebody else's record, takes the MP3 file, moves it over to our new record, and, and drops it on there. So the idea of like... Sure, okay. But like, if the arrangements are, are the same of your cover, you pick the same instruments, same, like everything about it is the same. It's just your band yeah, doing it. some creativity mm-hmm. or creative component in there. I think the acapella thing is interesting. It's like, it's just changing. That's... Um, changing like building new arrangements for existing content that works so they work in different mediums i feel like that's like akin to something like taking a book and adapting a screenplay right like taking something and then adapting right. it and doing different well i think it's a little different because i think adapting to a screenplay requires more effort than acapella I'm, because it's adapting to a different take medium. your effort argument though it's not it's not about how hard it is i think it's just the process of not you're not it's not a reductionist right. argument and it's not a 
and it's not a holy hard is the wrong yeah part. it's like or is the wrong yeah. it's not hard it's different because it requires it's more they're changing creative. it there's some creative component to it yeah acapella to me i find acapella really boring because it doesn't do enough different things to it it just to me always feels like a second rate version of the original that's too bad yeah uh, i'll link some some good have you, name any you know what I'm, no i hear i'm gonna quote my favorite show one more time because i have to name any song okay. everything's better it. than acapella i dare i dare you to name a song that's better <laughs> um how about uh mozart's requiem better acapella and then you're supposed to say really and i say yes and i confirm your suspicions no it's not <laughs> it can't be because no one can sing let, a violin let me tell you part something. Like if you actually got people to do that acapella you'd be like holy this is amazing <laughs> Why? Because it's people singing yeah, it. There's like, well, this is a different conversation. I don't find, I don't find it particularly interesting. Uh, here, I got your title for you. But Better but the difference is, <laughs> the difference is finding it interesting uh, is irrelevant to the con- conversation of whether or not it is wholly different than stealing. You're right. I, well, it's clearly different than stealing, but I don't think it. I mean, it's not to me as creatively challenging as like adapting from one media to another. I think there's. And I don't think that is as interesting as taking two different things and combining them to something new somewhere else, right? So it's like, I can't even think of a good example in this one. Um, like, oh, I don't know. We'll cut this out. Good, thank you. <laughs> but what I'm what I'm thinking about is like, if you take a whole bunch of things, you combine them into something new. You draw from music, from movies, from from literature, from video games, from all sorts of stuff like that, and then you create a new creative or narrative work out of that that is more interesting and more creative than taking an existing pop song and arranging it for sure what you discover is that nothing is original because everything you just did was from something else one could say that everything is a remix god (laughs) um so so uh, another uh kind of aside from from remixing things is uh, at least for me that I think is interesting and maybe worth some discussion is the rise of these social streaming, live streaming, whatever things. And how does the content like Periscope, like per- Periscope, Meerkat, Mir- 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 yes, super, super relevant. Uh, Periscope, Facebook live. Um, YouTube has a live component. Um, even, Twitch. even maybe Twitch and Twitch is a different conversation. And they do it. There are people who do it. And right, no, but Twitch is a conversation about is playing something that somebody else created a creative act. Oh no, act I don't. I itself. think that's totally fine. I think that is a creative act in itself, actually. But I was saying that there's people who who do stream Twitch channels, which are just just other people's content. right. So, so really, what yeah. I'm getting at is is taking like a good example would be Facebook Live or Periscope and UFC 974, whatever one they're on now is is on the tv and they hold their phone up in front of it and they're they're now live streaming that but they're adding their own commentary and and saying stuff or they're panning around the room and showing the people they're hanging out with whatever like is it's the riff tracks problem is that still like that that's still plagiarizing the original source material right because is it is it what about what about mystery science theater 3000 I think when you add commentary on content and you're like doing your own, it's like the is like the director's or like the director's commentary over a movie, right? Is like fun commentary over something. That's a really great line. Yeah, that's more that's more great to me. Right, right. I would say that Mystery Science Theater 3000, which apparently Ian is unfamiliar with, is more on the side of the creative act because it is 
clearly designed to be something new based on the movie yeah. that they're watching. Whereas I think more like the UFC stuff that you're talking about, where it's just like pointing at the screen and talking about it is more, well, I mean, I don't know. Like I can't really say that those people are just doing it to get the views from the UFC, right? It, it seems like they're actually trying to create something new. No, I, I think when you, when you actually look at a lot of these things, it's just, they're trying to, they're trying to get views and trying to get follows so that they're, whatever their other thing, their side hustle is that utilizes mm-hmm. these other platforms has the followers for it. But, um, I, I, I didn't expect us to come up with an answer considering that at last I knew there was at least some lawsuit going on, um, or some type of, uh, copyright infringement claim going on of people streaming TV shows and content. And, and it's in the camp of people that are far more qualified than us making those decisions. <laughs> I can't believe you typed all that. <laughs> That's what he's silently been doing over there. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm reading. It must be something from Office that I don't understand. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I I think there's a lot of gray. I think that it, the tools that we have at our disposal today are just introducing opportunity for things that just haven't been encountered before, right? Because, like what used to be limited to a few people who had like very few people who had access to either some type of broadcast system or either you either had you're super limited and you had access to broadcast like you could maybe put on like your local public tv would probably be like the most realistic opportunity to do like something like wayne's world or something right if you would think like that style show like where you play a clip of a song or whatever and then you talk about it now it's just available for Mm -hmm. anybody to do anytime so we're actually running into these issues as real issues as opposed to like oh those are just one-offs yeah well, big issue too is the um, uh, uh, the, the, the the dramatic extension of copyright mm. law. So it used to be like twenty five years, something like that. And now it's like mm. ninety six years, which just means that for a long time it was copyright law was designed to protect you and you created it so you could benefit from it, and then open it up so that everyone else could use that yep. to make something new. Sure. Um, and now that it's so restrictive, it just me- it makes it much harder to feel comfortable. Or it, it, in theory, it does. I think the the rise of mashups and that sort of thing have pretty firmly demonstrated that people are not afraid of the law coming after them if they want to use something else to make something. But I also think things like policing that become very challenging and the, the overwhelming amount of that content makes policing it that much harder. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're basically finding that the, the risk of the, the risk reward ratio is heavily on the reward side. Absolutely. It's right. and right. and so that's it's it's normalizing well then again, the more content that's made like this, it normalizes making this kind of content. Yeah. Like for every video that's shared on Facebook that's a rip of somebody else's video, whether it's you know, completely ripped or just a cut down version of it, mm-hmm. everyone that goes onto Facebook and doesn't get called out or doesn't get policed just continues to diminish the value of the original creative work. Yeah, I agree with that. Or original creative works. Yep. I agree with that. Hmm. I think I'm on board with that. I think I'm on board with that. You can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 46. While you're there, you can steal all of our episodes. <laughs> subscribe to our show. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for being a listener or subscriber. We'll be back next Monday and every Monday. Like we even talk about podcasts. Podcasts are super interesting forms of this, right? It's like pure free dissemination. Goodbye.
No, everything is more boring, acapella. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I will have an open mind if you guys find me some acapella songs that oh are God, not like less all interesting of than the original. Peter Holland shit is like super good. <laughs> I was just, I was literally just searching Peter Holland's on YouTube. Clearly. I don't know who that is. See, this but is the thank problem. Thank you for not looking me pentatonic. They do cover acoustic or acapella. Like someone like Peter Holland's is like really interesting synthesis, making original stuff, and then does take original content and like remakes it in interesting ways. Or pentatonics is like the most I mean, boring, polished version of that. So it has no edges and no interest. At so all. so Peter Holland's uh, is actually. Uh, somebody that I saw have his right. yeah, video really Skyrim. His, he had his video bootlegged. completely <laughs> bootlegged, and somebody else shared God. it, but put the lyrics over oh top God. of it, and it was him singing. Okay, like there's one other thing here about this. I, as I start to watch this video, I cannot help but find it hilarious to watch grown people go. So the the weird thing is watching acapella up close like i think it's it is very fun to no, listen like to, to or to see it live but it's completely different when you're watching people do it because you're just like great yeah peter Holland stuff is super good okay i'm, I'm watching so this. if you go I'm to not... his youtube channel he's got like you can just sort of like cruise through it and see if anything like catches your fancy there's re- he has a really good game of thrones one he has a really good um i just it's, I'm, I'm watching it's just not doing anything for me I would, i'm listening to it and like this sounds i would much rather listen to the original he does stuff that's like he didn't do the the john williams mashup but you know that one ian where the guy takes all the john williams themes uh, yes, it's like I he's got so. like the he does the picture in a picture like for like Brady Bunch style thing and he's and he yeah and I so literally how only is, I how literally making, only Skyrim because I thought it would appeal to you on a different level than I've never played Skyrim. he's had a bunch All of different I played maybe That's twenty minutes of Skyrim twenty one more minutes than I've ever seen of it so. all right so here's why I think so I'm listening to the original Skyrim now and it's much more interesting to me because music is consists of instruments oh with different God. timbres right and so like the interplay between those things makes the stuff more that's interesting. Wh- okay it's not saying that that's so, not good so i know i'm just saying but like I'll, but so every you're, time I what you're cover, saying I is i could be listening to this with much more interest and depth and richness to it this is just but, one guy's voice what what you're saying is right because it's one guy's voice people, you end up thing. with it's still voices right it's but a it's tiny not. spectrum of because the potential range of the, sound you could create in in music, and you've just decided like this is going to be the ideal one. We're going to totally omit all the other cool things we could do. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give you an example now. There's okay. examples of people who perfectly replicate musical instruments with their voices. Like you could blind, you know, a violin and the sure. other person like singing a violin. You wouldn't sure. know which one's which. You could take a group of those people. It'd be acapella, and you. That's a cool party trick. But what's the point? It it. If you're, but if you're, it, wait, no, here's a great question. If you're replicating it perfectly, is it a creative work? I mean, then it's just, a, I don't know. I don't know what but, that like, is. But, but, but actually, seriously, if you're replicating it perfectly, what's the, why it's an, origi- it's an, it's, it's an original performance of something I mean, else. And I think th- th- there's, there's a whole argument within, within music that if you are performing it, regardless of who originally wrote it or sang it, that your performance in itself is oh, yeah. original. of originality. It's, right. it's the musicality involved. Even if even if you're 100 percent replicating mm-hmm. what they did, how, 
to like with perfection. Oh, we should have gotten my wife on this. In itself makes it an original thing. Violin for twenty years, and so she has a lot of experience of like taking a piece and which tells you like how to play it, how loud to play it, like when you should pause, when you should not, and finding a way to take that and turn it into something that is your own. Which is like the, reading the, music. The, right, exactly that's what I'm talking about. It's reading music, but then it's the finding the musicality in it to to take a piece that somebody wrote. Well, and like, told you basically exactly how to play it in every sense of the word, and then finding a way to change that a little bit to make it your own. The best example is just us in jazz band. Like, like here's how to play the song. Now make your own flavor of it because like no two jazz bands play something the same. Well, jazz is a little different because just, jazz just is designed to clarify, to I never fully read the music, <laughs> so our performance was always a little original. <laughs> I'm talking about. True. I always added originality by not having any idea how to read most. I'm of talking that about shit. like you. So. I have a favorite album of Chopin Etudes because I really like the way it was recorded and the way that the, the, the pianist was playing those particular pieces. And something about that's my favorite one. And you can really tell the difference between that and the way somebody else plays the exact same music, which in yeah. theory should be impossible because they're, like, the music tells them how to play it per, like, in a, a very precise and way. It's the way. same argument as like as like giving two two fantastic or two different people the same recipe to make a cake and one cake is amazing and one cake is shitty. Yeah, except in this case they're like they're both good. Right. They're, just, they're, they're just they're just different. Okay, well you can do that. There's two good but, cakes but one's so, better. But, 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 but oh, actually no, sorry, take it back. The difference is not that one is shitty and one is bad. It's that it's two people who are equally talented have different ways of doing it. If both the what you're describing is somebody who's bad at making cakes and somebody okay, who's d- good. Okay, take at out the bad cakes. component. Wait, I'm just but your, yeah. your example here would would be the same as if I if I wrote a script and said I'm going to film you and yeah, you read exactly. this script and then I'm going to yeah. put video over top of it and then I'm going to film me with the exact same script. Our no matter how exact we try to mirror each other, yeah, we are cool different people, that? which therefore makes our thing different and yeah, unique cool. in its own way. But the my issue was never that. It's the mo- it's taking I'm taking your video no, no, and I, I'm just posting we, it on my channel. We're totally in agreement on all this. I just think it's neat. <laughs> But so, but so, my point is like, if so, when you have, if you have somebody who can do a perfect replicate or who can sound exactly like a violin and a bass or whatever, like the acoustic instrument, like, what's the point of using a person then? Be outside of just it being a neat party trick. I just think there's, I think that we are continually amazed by the range and versatility of our own abilities. And when you can do things that we shouldn't be able to do, there's an inherent draw to that type of performance. But I'd rather see that in a context where it's elevated as opposed to being made something. You're, you're like, you're making like an argument for mutual exclusivity, exclusivity. Like I'm not saying that in this argument, it's, it's the, the impressiveness of the human ability and the performance of it that makes it, Interesting. And, and, and I would, exclusive. That that a human no, can sound me, like a it's not in the nature of it's not in the trumpet. To me, it's not in the range like, of things that can exist. But I can only listen to so many things. I only have so much time to listen to so much music. I'd rather listen to something that I find more interesting than. Acapella, I'm saying that like that ten percent of better the time, music you want because, like, doesn't matter what your percent is. You can still listen to some acapella and no acapella. And if you don't like acapella, then don't listen to any. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value and it's not good original creative content. Like. It's this. It's like I agree. It's no I just think it's. A, I just don't it's think it's no different than like a genre that you don't like. It's like you can know, listen I, to the same song performed right. in two different genres, right? And like, yeah, oh, yeah. I have to listen to the original versus I have to listen to this other like classical take on it or something. I don't think I can have all the range in the like world. Prime example. Yesterday, yesterday, I asked the Echo to play "Big Balls" by ACDC, and it played a cover of "Big Balls" oh, by that's ACDC. That's because ACDC yeah, is really not as relevant to today's conversation, and I didn't realize they weren't on Spotify. Uh, uh, so I just said it, and she played she played some metal version of it, and I was like, "This is horrible." But no, I don't want to. I don't think it's because it, it doesn't appeal to me. I got big balls. Big balls. 
it was more like that. I don't want to say that acapella is without creative merit or even bad. I just it's not interesting to me because I think that it does something. The original does something more interesting than an acapella cover of it does. And I could be proven wrong. I just haven't found anything that proves me wrong yet. I think you just found one. You just found one avenue that you don't like the you don't like the output of this creative process because literally all acapella is is the, everything is a remix. Like it's the embodiment of that. No, it's not at all. Because it's yes, it's, it is. It totally it's a cover. Is. It's a cover. It's uh, I, a rearrangement done to it. Of there's writing. A... There's thinking about things. You have to transpose. It is not a straight cover. There's a lot of work that goes into doing it, and it's just one avenue of doing it. You don't like the. Are you, you don't like cherry soda. This is cherry soda. This is taking whatever drink into this cherry, is cherry soda. soda light. And if you don't like cherry soda, you're not going to like it. Are you? Are you familiar with Straight No Chaser? Either of you. Why do I know that? that? Comedy know routine. That. It's no. It's it's uh, I, I, I know I've seen something from them. I'm not familiar with them though. Um, what have I seen of theirs? Let me find the link for it. I think I'd be much more interested. Because this this will prove that. Like there's. There's like people who take. I have a video that, that basically proves that it's not a, not a cover. It, it's a, yeah, it's I'd be more interested in original acapella work because I think that opens more doors for doing something truly creative with it than simply replicating what somebody else has done just with a different instrument. God, I fucking hate ads. Oh, I've seen this, Ian. This so is really loud. good. Okay, yeah. So I, I, I figured you probably heard them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's taking songs that you know and doing the chopped and screwed thing and making an original unique performance and version of those songs mm-hmm. in acapella. Yeah. And next Christmas, Andrew's going to be jamming the straight no chase. It's going to be hilarious. People are laughing and I don't understand why you wouldn't. You really don't get it? I, I, no, I don't. I, I don't understand what's funny about harmonies and then transitioning chord progressions to another song. Oh, like, people I, are laughing at the false starts and like fake spoofs, like the fake gaffs. Maybe it's just the way the video is edited. They just look like 10 guys up there singing. No, I, towards the end of the song, it gets really like. Yeah, Larry. You know who does this like a lot in live performances is Ed Sheeran. Really? Yeah. Like uh, like the shape of you song or whatever, um, like he does. You can that other the other band like so. I thought that there's like end edge of the earth or walk off the earth. Have you ever heard of them, Ian? Walk off the earth. All right. Yeah. Like their shape of you cover or whatever. Right. They like they do um, no diggity and uh, no scrubs. Both no songs. That's funny. And I was like, oh, excuse and me. I. And just because I'd seen Ed Sheeran's live version of it, I know that he does that first. Like, and he's incorporate like he uses that same chord progression in a lot of music. So I've heard him sure. like we heard him do the No Diggity mashup inside of his song. So like in live right. stuff, he'll often do cover like those like mashup cover things. So I get I, I watch some more. Of this is this is good. This is interesting. I like this a lot. I, that mouth sounds is amazing. But I think that mouth sounds does it a lot better. It does the same thing in a more interesting way. It's just a different flavor of it. it I think it's more intertextual than Straight No Chaser is here. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> I know. Sorry, you can t- you can not like acapella music. That's that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal but at all. This is definitely but, no. My, my I will own, say the Straight No Chaser stuff here is definitely the most interesting version of acapella right. I've ever seen. I just and, and 
that was my point with this is that yeah. that you can it, the acapella doesn't have to just be like I took somebody else's song and now I'm just covering it with my mouth. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But I was often acapella is, and so when it's like this, I'm more interested in it. I sent you guys the Magic iPod thing, right? Um, that was where you took the 90s songs? It was like a 90s oh, rap song, yes. a 90s rock song? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that original? No. But if it was done by a not machine, it could be. Right? Because like, I'm a big fan of Girl Talk. It's not actually done by a machine. It's literally just 164 MP3 files. <laughs> All right. I, I'm I pretty that? sure I know what this is. But yeah, I remember you talking about this. Have you watched this, Andrew? Have you seen yeah, this I've seen this before. Okay, yeah. So, what's what is makes this more interesting oh, than just nice. taking the actual tracks and combining them together? Because he synthesized a bunch of different songs from different movies, and you're like, oh, look at the thematic and motive, like motive overtones that it carries. Yeah, through, yeah, you could do the same up. thing with the actual original tracks. You would do that, and it would not be as good. Like, think so? he, I think it would be better because he, because there's a performance to it which elevates no original the entire track that thing. these together. Right, yeah. that, that's my point. Like instead of just going in, like I can do a lot of shit on my computer, but it's so much more impressive if I can right. as do it as a performance. This is my favorite matchup uh, we could, of all time. We could type the entire podcast in Slack and just have Siri read it all. It's not nearly as good as us reading this, right? Well, that's I, well, I might be better. <laughs> it, it would be bad. Uh, because Siri doesn't sound like a human being. If you could have a, a voice that sounds indistinguishable from a regular human being voice, then well, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. I, 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 creep. I don't think the performance is what makes it interesting. I think it's part of it. I think it's part of it. I think especially I mean, with acapella, that's part of what makes it interesting. I, I don't think it, I think it'd be independent of whether or not it's creative or not, but that's what makes people watch it for sure. So a lot of what seems to me people find really compelling about acapella is what you guys were saying earlier in that it's amazing to watch somebody and or group people be able to make sounds like that with their voices. That's one piece of the puzzle. Right. And for me, that is a piece that is completely missing because I do not care. Yeah, but you I mean, could, that's not, but that's, that's the same argument true because, of like a good violinist. They like do amazingly different sounding. Like good violinists do like, like cool acoustic sounds on top of playing it and they can do like multi-layering and it's like, Wow, that's really neat that you did it all that with a violin. Have you heard the? Uh, yeah, you got because I really like Zoe Keating. What's your feeling yes. on like uh, orchestral remakes? Uh, what's there's there's a group. It's like four, like a, a quartet. Pops, pops covers. No, it's like a court. Yeah, a quartet that does like covers of other bands' music, where it's a violin, a viola, a cello, and a bass that do a cover of five gold. Like they, they, the one that comes to mind right now is is Lincoln Park had whatever one of their albums there was a, yeah. a, a quartet cover of the entire album um, like is that like because that's the same idea it's it's just a different yeah, performance it, it of the really same varies thing. sometimes it'd be really good one of my favorite things are jazz covers of pop songs so, and rock songs so andrew just doesn't like acapella those are really but but it's not just acapella because there's other instruments involved it's a, a more um it, it's a more textural music it's cool that you don't like acapella. You can just say that. I, I don't. I, it's even fine. if everything's no better acapella, I, I'm okay just like you, you can. You can <laughs> I can make the same argument that just like with any other single instrument or whatever, and then it falls apart. Right. Oh, I'm just trying to find out. I'm just trying to, to delve deep. And I don't try like to find rap out music why. because I don't like auto-tuned voices. Good things. Good things. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but there's much more to rap than auto-tuned voices. That maybe that's part of it for me. Is that it feels so narrow in acapella because it's literally just voices. 
And so the... I don't the, like Kanye, the, Kanye West because he's Kanye West. That's fair. <laughs> but that, that means that the, the differences between it become much more subtle, and you have to be a, a better student of the human voice and of acapella in general to be able to find the things in it that are interesting and distinct. I think there's added value for that, but I don't think that like, on, the, average, the average person cares about those actual differences. <laughs> yeah. Like my mom I, I watching like, Pentatonix has nothing to do with her understanding the the nuance of how they're doing. I think their, said, this, is, this is where I said, I think a, a large part of it is the performance and the yeah, just general impressiveness of what you can do with a voice. Anyway, anyway, all, yeah. all I'm saying about it is like, I, it, you could take the same argument, like the lack of range, depth, and con, like con, like that, like because that nice breadth of sound and those different. That's the right. You variety. could take that and apply it to any other instrument, right? And you and there's probably yeah. examples where you'd be like, "Oh, that's super cool! I can't believe they did all that on a guitar, right, or whatever." Well, yeah, like Zoe Keating into the into exactly. the woods. That album is insane, and for the same reason, and it's right? literally the same like wavelengths being manipulated, right? Like, right. So I don't know why it doesn't why it bothers me so much with acapella. It's okay. Maybe, maybe it's because I've only ever heard it. If I heard like an original acapella. That might change my mind. Like the like the the Twelve Days of Christmas, you get the straight no chaser. That was that that that's, that's not even original. That's just a, ma- a well done mashup. Well, yeah, that's not. But I would describe a well done mashup as an original piece of creative work. Well, there's you can find show notes for the second part of the episode. Right. Of <laughs> that, but, yeah, we got two episodes here. We got what episode two? Ian and Chase convince Andrew that he likes acapella music. Fail. You're bringing me around. You're at least helping me understand my biases. Let, let me find uh, that my reasons for thinking about it are not as good as I thought. I'll send I you a play. You know, I'll send you a playlist. Me, okay, I have to go back, but let me let me summarize our relationship with Andrew Liljo really quickly. This is this is our relationship with you. Andrew takes a stance because he has opinions and thoughts about something, and they're valid and fair. Ian and Chase are much more moderate in many things. And we try to have welcome Andrew into the spectrum as opposed to taking a hard line anywhere in his life. That's the difference. You like to have a position, and we like to. Oh, we don't like to commit. We're just trying to bring you to the middle a little bit. That somebody has to. By God, it's okay. I, don't, I just think it's funny that, like in most things, like you have an opinion which is fair and founded, right? Except for except how for the you, whole portrait video thing. Oh that is completely unfounded. You guys can have your own disagreement there. You, whatever. But how do you guys function without having a position on things? Like I just oh, I have, assume I it was natural to have the like, stance, but like about anything, it's right? Like, like you know what you like and what you don't like. No, we're, I think we're I'm, just more open to open to other ideas and open to. Like, like you're basically writing off acapella and saying like acapella is not interesting to me. You've kind of like, kind of like I write off rap music right? and I'm like, sure, rap yeah. music is not interest to me. It's Same interesting as, to me. And I do that too. I do that too. But that's not a hundred percent true because I fully appreciate that Aubrey and Sarah were totally racking out to rap music in the car. And I liked all of those songs. Yes. So I can't say that rap music's not interesting. I just don't prefer it. Right. And and so right. for you, you're like, I don't like acapella. But in reality, you like the Straight No Chaser song, so you like some acapella. So that means there is acapella out there that you do like. So you, you take this like hard side, like, I do not like this, when in reality, I just don't like what I've been exposed to. Well, then how do I describe it without saying I don't like it? You could say that you, can say that you mostly don't like it. I mean, I've, but... I've yet I to find any that is compelling to me this or is that like is interesting the, to me. It's It's the basic argument that, like... I know what I know, and I, I know that I don't know other things, but I don't know what those are. Right? It's like I'm willing to admit that I don't know the knowledge that's missing. 
And well, it's so like, yeah, but in my case, it's like I don't like it because I haven't had an exposure to it that has changed my mind on it. Right. So I mean, it's like, I'm but not, isn't that a, isn't that a given caveat to everything? Yeah, it is. Which is why, like, in practical terms, you can say that I'm not a big acapella fan. Is the statement? But I, that doesn't seem super different from just saying I don't like it. You could say your statement was acapella is not good and or original because it's a bad limited thing. Like it's on the spectrum and it doesn't have any flavor. Well, what or color. I said was it's 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 not interesting to me. And then I was trying to unpack why it was for me. But then it, pretty much everything I thought I understood about it was wrong. Based <laughs> well, on this that's, conversation. that's not true. Obviously, you can still have your position that you mostly don't like acapella music, and that's absolutely fine. Well, I mean that I do, but like clearly, I mean, what, to having this conversation just demonstrated that <laughs> I have the reasons idea. why I thought it was bad or not. We need to start an acapella podcast, but I need to go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah I, okay. Okay. Little, little flat. That was not it. <laughs> yeah. Bye, guys. Right. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. Okay. 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 Bye.